Well, police say that they have not been busting many more stone drivers. This is six months, of course, after the legalization of recreational marijuana in this country. But they are reminding drivers to be vigilant and just to please do not get stoned and drive and to keep cannabis uh, out of reach. Now, it was the Canadian press who actually canvassed police forces right across the country. And they say that most police forces have reported, quote, no significant change in the number of impaired driving charges laid. Well, some others said it is just too early to either release the data or to really make any sense of it or draw any conclusions. So does this early data, is it reliable? Does it suggest that there is no post-legalization spike in drug-impaired driving charges? Let's bring in Andrew Murray. He is the CEO of Mad Canada, and he joins us on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Andrew, good afternoon, and I appreciate you joining us as always. No problem. Uh, first of all, I just want to get your reaction to uh, this uh, that we've heard that uh, since legalization, that uh, impaired driving, the, the, the numbers aren't up. Uh, there's really no, uh, I guess, real cause for a concern. What would you say to that? Well, I, I think that one of the big problems is we know from roadside surveys where people test drivers and also the fatalities, the number of people that are under the influence or have drugs present is way above alcohol. And it's always been the case um, that there's way more charges for alcohol because it's they basically ask somebody to blow and basically if they're positive for the test, they proceed with the charge. The drug stuff is very complicated because they have two ways of finding out if a driver's under the influence of behavior test or the oral fluid. And so most police forces don't have enough police officers that are trained in the behavioral test, and very few of them um, are using the oral fluid testing equipment. It's been very slow. It's not their fault. But I think there's all kinds of people driving under the influence, and the police aren't picking them up. So I... I actually strongly disagree with the conclusion. I think it gives a false um, perception out there that we're safe from cannabis. I think that as police, more police come trained in the drug detection, more use of the oral fluid, I think you'll see these numbers start to grow tremendously. And, yeah. and well, we've hit on a couple of things that I want to explore a little further, and let's start with police resources, because uh, one of the things we're hearing is that uh, police just aren't concentrated on this, that they're busy battling when it comes to drugs, uh, fentanyl and the uh, opioid uh, epidemic, and this may be uh, driving under the influence uh, since the legalization of marijuana hasn't been something that has uh, really been on their radar, so to speak. Yeah, they, they're still trying to bring up to speed the, the number of officers that are trained, and they're well below the numbers that they're supposed to have had trained. So um, to kind of jump to this conclusion isn't fair until the full um, police enforcement agencies across the country are properly trained, properly resourced, and they're fully using the oral fluid testers at roadside. Then, you know, if that's the conclusion that they're coming to, it's much more supportive. All right. Can you uh, delve into this oral fluid tester a little bit for us? Because I remember at the time, just uh, before legalization, when it happened, uh, we were talking about the methodology used to test, uh, you know, driving under the influence when it came to uh, marijuana or cannabis. And uh, I know the equipment that the police were putting into use, uh, there was some debate as to whether or not that uh, truly was uh, effective. 
Well, basically, the, there's, it's been very slow. So only one device right now has been approved for use. Um, there's been, you know, questions in the media about uh, that device. Some police enforcement agencies prefer the other two devices uh, that have been used around the world that have not been approved. Now, one of those other devices just got uh, the 30-day notice where they... Justice Canada has notified people that this device uh, will shortly be approved. I think it's a handheld device. I think that's going to make a big difference. And I know that the tongue swab one is just, you know, weeks away from going through the same process. So we've been really slow. The whole process to approve these devices has not met our expectations or I think of the RCMP. So uh, we might be another six months to a year before these devices are approved and police are actually buying them and use them on a regular basis. So what is your concern there at Mad Canada? And what do you think? You mentioned the public perception a second ago, and it might be a, a false one. Do you think that in the public's eye that uh, marijuana, I, I think it's kind of seen as sort of more of a, a calming drug or something that mellows you out and, and maybe it's not seen uh like alcohol is when it comes to getting behind the wheel? Well, it's a different impairment, and um, it doesn't mean that that impairment doesn't cause crashes and doesn't lead to fatalities. And what we know right now is that the drug presence fatalities are almost double those for alcohol alone, and the leading drug present in these ones is is cannabis. So when we look at the fatalities, it tells us a different story than this, uh, uh, you know, what police are seeing anecdotally. And we know that on the most recent roadside survey, this is where they pull drivers over, they test them on a volunteer basis, you know, less than one one percent of the drivers were positive for alcohol, but four point five percent were positive for a drug. Seventy percent of those positive for a drug it was cannabis. So all those other data sources are telling us a total different story than what the police are reporting. All right, just uh, moving forward, Andrew, is there a concern? Uh, we were just talking about this uh, with 420 this uh, past weekend about uh, where marijuana goes next in this country. And there's been talk about uh, edibles and uh, also uh, infused drinks. As a matter of fact, maybe infusing cannabis into some alcoholic beverages as well. So knowing that that's possibly on the horizon, uh, would you encourage police that the, they've got to get a little more vigilant here? Yes, I would. I, I mean, once they, it, but the police, you know, in fairness to them, there's a whole judicial process to approve these devices. So the police are m- most anxious to use these devices. And I think once they get them, I think we'll see a different story. But it's, it's, it's you know, the federal government needs to do a better job of making sure police have the appropriate technology to apprehend and detect drug-impaired drivers. And I also think um, my sense of it on the edibles is there will not be any mixing of alcohol and cannabis. And if, if Health Canada allows that, which is very different from what they've proposed uh, in the template for uh, edibles, that would be a disaster. All right. We will leave it there for now. To be continued for sure, Andrew Murray, CEO of Mad Canada. Andrew, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much.
Thanks, Jeff.